And hello, world, and welcome to another edition of the Graduate Transfer Podcast. And it feels like we haven't done this in a long time, but we are back, even though... Well, it's been longer than normal. It has been, just because of the the recording schedule. Right. It feels like we've been gone for, like, two weeks, but really... It's only been about 10 days. It's only been a week if you're listening because it came out the it's, same time. It so. still gets released the same time. Our mm-hmm. recording schedule was a little bit different last week, though. We wanted to try to get the... Uh, I think that the goal was to get both of our immediate reaction with the playoffs last week, so we recorded it a couple days early. Now we're back on our Tuesday. It's a Tuesday night recording session as usual for us. Yeah, it just, it just feels different, man. I feel like I haven't seen you guys in forever. I mean, well, I see producer Dan every day, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we are the Graduate Transfer Podcast. I am Justin Turner, along with Kevin Reitmeyer, as I am every week, and producer Dan is here as well. Um, if you would like to interact with the show, we are on Twitter, at gradtransferpod. Uh, we also have the email, which is gradtransferpod at gmail.com. Um, and we're usually on um, Periscope and Instagram on my accounts. You know, you can find us. We're out there. We are. We are. And we have our personal Twitter accounts that we both throw up a lot of college sports stuff. As a lot well. of sports rants. So <laughs> Justin's personal one is at MR underscore underscore four one two four one two and mine mm-hmm. is simple it's just my name at kevin reitmeyer and producer dan who is somewhat new to twitter but every once in a while he gets involved he throws out a gym every once in a while it's really it's really sneaky you gotta you gotta pay attention he is at underscore producer dan so give us all a follow as well as the account and you can be in touch with us more than just once a week for our podcast so, absolutely now that we got that all the business part of it out of the way <laughs> only one game last week there was some news things like that that we'll touch on but that one game is a tradition and a pretty cool one i always enjoy the army navy game did you get a chance to watch it i did see bits and pieces of it uh, i wasn't able to watch the full thing in its entirety um i missed a heck of an ending apparently yeah it was well it was just I think the ending wasn't that crazy you know nothing really exciting happened it was just the emotion of it for army to win for the first time in 14 15 years their 14 game losing streak so uh, that was pretty cool that was pretty cool to see I went last year to the game and it was one of the coolest sporting events that I've ever been to and I've been to Stanley Cup Finals, baseball all-star games. I've been to Super Bowl. I've been to lots of... Hashtag humble brag over here. <laughs> but no, I'm just saying, like, this, it was, it was just a really cool atmosphere the, the, to have the midshipmen and the cadets and the, the marching in and the flyovers and the, all the stuff that goes on pregame at halftime, the traditions. It was really pretty, uh, pretty cool experience. And... Army came very close last year. They probably should have won last year. And then this year, they were pretty much in control the whole game. I actually don't know if they were ever trailing, to be honest, because um, I was going back and forth. I watched the first 
bit of it, and then I watched a lot of the fourth quarter. Well, I thought Navy came back and took the lead there in the fourth, right? They had the long touchdown run by the quarterback. Oh, you know what? That's right. And yeah. then Army scored with like six minutes left in the in the mm-hmm. game, and then to take the lead back, and then from that point they just you know were able to kill some clock and get a stop from Navy or get a defensive stop. And then the conversion, they converted on a third and one. And um, it was actually not anywhere near the pressure or the national attention, but similar to the Michigan-Ohio State game when I said on this very podcast, yeah, they don't change. You can't change a, a spot because it's so difficult. They changed the spot. Army got the first down from what they thought. They thought, oh, they can kneel it. They're going to win the game. And they moved the ball back, and they had to pick up the yard again, and then they got it, and that was when everyone went crazy and all that stuff. So, yeah, I was I was thrown off in the first half, the part that I got to watch, um, lots of interceptions. Yeah, and I'm like, hold teams, on, those teams don't <laughs> throw on. the ball very. They don't often. throw the ball. Why are there interceptions? Like, why is this happening almost on every possession? Um, but yeah, I didn't get to see a whole lot of it. Um, I did see um, the aftermath. Um, the rushing the field. The rushing the field. I mean, Army, crazy. I know it's been 15 years, but act like you've done it before. Well, I mean, a lot geez. of those people haven't. Jeez. I mean, you could figure that some of those kids were not in kindergarten the last time that they that, I mean, they, that they won that game. I so. mean, come on. Come on. Um, I got something for you. I just, as cool as it, as it is for me being that I experienced it, they are putting the game up for bid. And we... As I think most of you know, we live in Pittsburgh. We record this in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh and Heinz Field put in for to host that game. Your thoughts, would that be something that... See, in my mind, I think it should be D.C., Baltimore, New York, or Philly. Philly because it's exactly between the two campuses. Mm-hmm. New York's obviously more of towards Army and West Point. Mm-hmm. D.C., the, the nation's... Capital and then Baltimore, you know, right down the road from Annapolis where Navy is. So I think those four make the most sense. But now they're opening it up. I guess Chicago is in the running and Pittsburgh's going to be in the running. Boston. And then they're looking at Jacksonville and San Diego, which is our obviously huge right. military locations. I think that's the way I would go with it. I would take it to places that are huge military cities. Uh, San, San Diego, San Antonio, Jacksonville. You know, spread it out a little bit. Give... Give some people who aren't necessarily in the Northeast a chance to see it. I would love to see it. Like, if it was here in Pittsburgh, I would go. I wouldn't travel to go see it. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's not a big game to me for me to travel Those to go see it. Those are your big rivals, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... <laughs> But I would definitely, I would definitely see it if it was here. Yeah, it, it's definitely a cool experience. If it does come to your city, go out of your way and try to check it out because it's really an awesome experience as, a, as a, just as a general football fan. Mm-hmm. So, um, also Saturday, the Heisman Trophy. Any, <laughs> any, like apparently it was the worst tele or worst rated Heisman presentation in like seventeen years because there was absolutely zero drama. I mean. Were you surprised at how close... I was surprised at how close Deshaun Watson got. Because it was... I mean, Lamar Jackson had like 2,100 votes. Deshaun Watson had like 1,550. And then the next closest was like 300. I was really surprised with how close Deshaun Watson got. Because I didn't think he had a 
great. He he was much better last year than he was this year. Yeah, yeah. I just didn't. I didn't watch it because I didn't really think there was any chance Lamar Jackson wasn't going right. to win it. I agree. So I and then the fact that they had five candidates was just kind of like, well, what's the point? I mean, there's well, only there's okay. only three of them that really have a chance. Quit in quotation marks. So the other two are just there to be there. Well, who at this were point. your the, who's your third then? Who was you? Who would you think? Is I would have voted. I would have voted Lamar Jackson one, Jabril Peppers two, Deshaun Watson three. Okay, that's the way I would have done it. So but. you're saying that those are the only three that had a chance? I thought those were the only three that really had a shot. I was interested. I don't know if you went back and looked, and I just did this today, kind of as a little bit of a prep for it. Between numbers three and eleven, where they were the only ones that they listed the final results to, they were all within like 100 votes of each other. And I thought that that was weird that they invited five, but not six or seven or two or, you know, it was kind of odd to me that, that they had that. The one I was surprised with is tied for 11th was Dalvin Cook. He had a really good season, and he kind of just got buried because I think Florida State got buried early on and people just forgot about him. They didn't play in any of those big games. and You need those big games in November to kind of showcase yourself, and he didn't play in any of those. Yeah, uh, I have an interesting topic that we'll bring up later in the show about Dalvin Cook, and it'll especially hit home with you because I had an interesting conversation with someone who's made an appearance on this show a couple weeks ago, uh, a.k.a. my dad, who had a, <laughs> a very fun debate about Dalvin Cook and James Conner, but we'll get there. All right. Um, something that just broke today, it's it's almost too crazy to to really wrap your ha- your head around. The Wake Forest, a couple weeks ago they played Louisville. They almost lost to Louisville, if you remember. Uh, Louisville scored like 40 they points. They almost in- beat Louisville. Yes, I'm sorry. Louisville <laughs> scored like 40 points in the fourth quarter or something like that and came back and beat them pretty soundly, but it was like 12 nothing going into the fourth quarter or something. Wake Forest apparently has an opening if you're interested in being part of their radio broadcast because... Former player, former Wake Forest coach, and current, well, now former radio broadcaster for the team was, I don't know if he was selling, just voluntarily giving opponents Wake Forest game game plans. Like, how does that happen? Who, who does something like that? So the part that I'm trying to wrap my head around is like, how did he get his hands on the game plan? They... Like, because he was a former player. They gave him to him. No, they let him have complete access. He went in film studies and hung out with players. He talked to players that would not normally be available to the media. He would sit through all the practices. He had complete access to the entire football See, complex. therein lies the problem when you become a member of the media. Like, No, I know. I mean, I can say firsthand that at, at Pitt, Pat Bostick, who used to do the exact same thing, could go and do whatever he wanted at the pit. I understand that people can do it. What I'm saying is that is a problem. Like Once you become someone who is a voice of your program to the public, you can't get full-time access to go wherever you want because you know too much. But he's hired hired by Wake Forest, so they're thinking, well, hey, we want our broadcast to be as good well done as possible. We want these guys to be able to talk about this player and that player and this player because they see him every day. They they know the underlying stories between these people. You can people. get all of that 
still have a quality broadcast and not sit in game plan meetings. Like the, there, there has to be a line I'm drawn. I'm guessing that Wake Forest won't allow access like this any further. But that's my point. I don't understand why anybody has access like that. Like, you, once you, I guarantee you, guarantee you, that whoever you you'll know the names, the guys who broadcast Notre Dame football have no, that access. I under I understand that it happens. What I'm saying is, no one should be able to have that access. Like, once you sit behind a microphone, once you sit in front of a TV camera, once you do even a podcast for the world, you should not be able to have unlimited access. Should you have access to the team? Of course, because you need to get stories. You need to get information. But sitting in game plan meetings? I don't know if you want to know. The report says film session. So I don't know if it was actually game plan meetings because that's normally done more by the coaches. So I'm guessing he wasn't in those. But film sessions, practices, and access to players. That's what the, those are the three things. Yeah. By the way, the guy's name is Tommy Elroyd. So if anyone, you know, catches his name on a job application anytime soon, probably don't want to trust the guy. Stop snitching, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Here's my thing. Is there, a, I know obviously college football is incredibly competitive. Is there a moral obligation if you're an opposing coach? Like, oh, are you accepting that stuff? Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, why am I not? I don't know. I, well, I mean, if you're if you're willing to give me the other team's game plan, sure. That's why I never really had a problem with um, Spygate. I mean, it's it, you shouldn't do it. It's cheating, but well, if, see, if you're not catching see, me, yeah, but that's those are rules saying these. There's no rules to, hey, this guy's volunteering your information. I mean, if you're the not other cheating, thing is the other thing is is how much do you think it was used against Wake Forest because. Me, a guy that spent four years playing for Wake Forest and 11 years coaching for Wake Forest, now three years broadcasting for Wake Forest. I don't know if I'm going to trust him to like, oh, here's definitely what they're doing. And you scheme to stop this and they do something completely different. There's a, I mean, so, I mean, how much are you using it? How much are you? I mean, I don't think you make that the central focus of your game plan. I mean, you still have to rely on film study and try to learn tendencies. And for the most part, that's what these coaches do. They spend all week trying to figure out what it is that you do best. Now, if your game plan, if the game plan notes that you get from this guy, confirm what you're seeing on film, then, hey, it is what it is. That's true. That's true. I guess you're going to be able to kind of just justify from what they've said before in other games to showing you, you know, that's true too, yeah. But that's not going to show, it's not going to factor in, that week's game plan against your specific team that he's telling you information about. Yeah. You I don't mean, know that. I mean, listen, I mean, all of them are trying to get the that advantage, the advantage right. like all of them. So let's, let's not act like they're all choir boys out here and this stuff isn't <laughs> well, we happening. No, that's like, not true. Yeah. We know that's not true. Um, coaching 17 coaches and hires have been made now. Um, it's the second lowest in the last eight seasons. And there was almost double that last year, 29 last year. Um, they're all done now. I think that they're all done now. They're, I mean, unfortunately, the only, the only way that I could see something happening is if the LA Rams come and get a Nick Saban or a Jim Harbaugh or a Urban Meyer or someone, I so someone don't see big. That. I don't see that happening. I, the only one I could see it for is Harbaugh. Cause I think he still wants to be coaching in the NFL. I don't and, see that. Like, I don't see it at all. I, I just don't get it. I, I 
think that he wants to be the top coach at the top level because he's that but arrogant. He's the top coach. He's not. At the he's top not. Le- he's not. He's the maybe the man. He's he's, the, he's a top five coach at the second but, level. But okay, so I mean that's still better than right. But that's not him. He wants to be the top coach at the okay, top. Okay, so level. why? Okay, so why is he not working to be the top coach at the top level he's at right now? I don't. He I, is. He's trying to. Okay, I guess my point is this, right? What's a more prestigious, I guess, achievement? You winning a national championship at your alma mater or you winning a Super Bowl at the Rams? You, I, you winning a Super Bowl. Really? Every, every coach would say that. Every I, coach would I, I tell you that. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that. I bet you if you go and ask Pete Carroll what championship was bigger, a Super Bowl championship yeah, or a national championship. Yeah, but he's not a USC guy. That's the difference. Like, Harbaugh is a Michigan guy through and through. You can't tell me that this isn't Harbaugh's dream job unless you're saying, Harbaugh, you can go coach the Packers. Like, if it's the Packers, I understand. If it's the... Well, he played for the Colts. But even the Colts shouldn't measure up to Michigan. Like, he's at Michigan. It's, this yeah, but a- I don't think it's that. I don't think it's what he f- he feels that he would what would be most prestigious. I think it's his ego is he wants to be the best at the top level. But I think his ego is telling him, I want to win a national championship at Michigan before I go. Even if I want to go to the NFL, I'm going to do this here before I go back to doing that. I disagree. I think that he would try to win a Super Bowl and then go back to Michigan again. Uh, and now what, I definitely can't see that happen because I don't think Michigan don't would Michigan, take him back. Right. I don't either. But. My in my mind, he wants to win a Super Bowl. He wants to be a Super Bowl winning coach, especially after his brother has won a Super Bowl against him. When they played against each other in the Super Bowl, I, I think that he wants to prove that he is the best coach out there, better than his brother, better than anybody else out there. And the way maybe, you do that is winning a Super Bowl. Maybe he does. And you can't tell me if you don't win a Super Bowl with the Rams, people are going to be like, "Damn, that guy can coach." No, I understand that that's going to be the case, but I can't see him being the Michigan man that he portrays to be, leaving Michigan to go coach the Rams. Steelers, Cowboys, Packers, Patriots. Yeah, I can see you leaving Michigan to do that. The Rams? You I don't, don't want to go I coach mean, the Rams? How, how much do you – I mean, I understand he played at Michigan. How much – was he proclaiming that he was a Michigan man ever before he got the job as a Michigan man? Like it was never, was never, he was never thought of as like, Oh man, if I think of someone big through Michigan, Jim Harbaugh is the guy I think of. He was never thought that way. Yeah. Because at the, the t- at the time, everybody was talking about Les miles going to go. No, coach no, 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 no. I'm not even talking about that. Like when you think of like the pro, when you think of right now, a great Michigan football player, who do you think of? Charles Woodson. Okay. I was gonna say Desmond Howard. Same, okay. same, same thing. Okay. You got to go about 20 deep before you get to Jim Harbaugh. No, I'm not saying he is the prototypical Michigan great, but everything that he but embodies. But I think the only reason that he embodies it is because the job became available and he got it. I mean, when he was at Stanford, yeah, everyone he was like, he's never leaving Stanford. He loves it there. And he said that, and then he got the 49er it, job. It's got to be different. People, even when he got the 49er job, were like, the only reason he got he's taking that job is because he can stay on the West Coast. He loves the West Coast. And now he's in freaking Michigan. I think it's got to be different when it's your school. When, it's, when you embody 
everything that they talk about. When you talk about how Bo Schimbeckler I can is s- your I guy, what you're saying, it has I'm, to be different. But I'm just not is head or is is. I'm not diving in like you are. The I, fact I, that he's not leaving, I think that, I, I think he will leave. I think in that there's time? A ch- if there's a college coach out there that would take the Rams' job, I think it's Jim Harbaugh. I can't imagine that. I, oh, the Rams! Goodness gracious! I think we can line up and beat the Rams. <laughs> um. So, since we've agreed that we're done coaching hires, probably in college football, mm-hmm. there's 17 hires. Any Good moves, bad moves, who your best moves are, best hires, ones you're fascinated by, ones you can't figure out. I don't get Lane Kiffin going to FAU, but I, I think there must be some major character issues with Lane Kiffin. Yeah, we, kind has of, to be. we went back and forth kind of on Twitter. I saw a couple of them. I, I disagree with you. I think that you just overvalue him. I don't think he's done enough to prove that he should have some of these jobs. But I mean, the guy's a what, two-time national champion at Alabama? Offense coordinator? Offensive coordinator? Yeah. Two times? Right. He's coached at least one Heisman Trophy winner, put how many first-rounders in the league? I mean, yeah, it, but how much of it is how much of that is Lane Kiffin and not the ridiculous oh, I mean, pool of talent that Alabama has and the unbelievable coaching staff that they have. I mean, there's plenty of coaches out there with tremendous talent pools, but they're not doing what Alabama's doing offensively. And then to take a guy like a Jalen Hurts, who's really good, but make him look yeah, but, like... Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, Do you think you're equating all of that success directly to Lane Kevin? I mean, he is the offensive coordinator. Yeah, but they have... They have Steve Sarkeesian as a quality control assistant. They have Mike Loxley, who's a quarterback guru, as a quality control I mean, assistant. Well, they have a ton well, of let's guys. Be honest, like, they're going to hire his replacement from a guy who's already been coaching that offense. But let's be honest about Lane Kiffin as an offensive coordinator. His offenses have been solid. Right. Like, they've been very good. Right. Even before he got to Alabama. It wasn't the offensive side of the ball where he struggled. It may have been everything else, right, but their but, offenses were fine. But what did he struggle with? As a, he struggled as a head coach, his what? offense. Well, as he's an offense coordinator, he was fantastic. Right, but that's what I'm saying. When you, when so you, what, but I'm saying you, if you failed three times as a head coach, why are you trusting that that number four is going to work? Like, why do you think that if you're the, if you're hiring a guy for what jobs were you thinking, Houston? LSU. I was thinking. I was thinking bigger than that. I mean, I honestly thought he would go and be with Ed Orgeron at LSU. Even though I said on this podcast, and I still stick by it, I don't think that would have worked. But I figured if he was leaving Alabama to go somewhere and coach, it would have been there. I didn't see him taking what could be a major step backwards. You, you know the? Did you see the salary? Four hundred thousand dollars less. A major step backwards <laughs> just to be a head coach again. And that was my major issue. It's like, what do people know on the inside that we don't know about Lane Kiffin where no one outside of maybe Houston was even like, hey, we might want you to come coach us. I think it's that they realized what an awful job he did at with the Oakland Raiders and with USC and, I mean, and how he left Tennessee. He did a decent job at Tennessee, but he left in the middle of the night and up and took the USC job. So you burned a lot of bridges doing that. 
and you get fired in your other two jobs, there's going to be a lot of hesitant ADs and presidents and chancellors out there that need to find a guy, especially at a big name program, that they're probably thinking, well, we can't afford to miss, you know, and waste two or three years, whatever. Um, I was surprised at the position he took. I was not surprised that he's not going to be back at Alabama and that he is a head coach. I thought, to me, he was going to take a head coaching job anywhere. I thought he probably could have done better than FAU. I just think but, FAU is a no-win situation. Like he can't, he can't, he can't win there. Like, well, he can win enough to get a bigger job. Once he, this will give him a job. This will give him a chance to prove that he is a good head coach and has learned from his mistakes. You know, I thought to be honest, this might sound odd because you might not see it much of a difference. I thought Fresno, Fresno State had an opening, and he's a West Coast guy. I thought that was a slam dunk hire for him, and he never even got interviewed. Um, I thought that would have probably been, in my mind, a perfect fit for him. But the FAU, I I agree with you that I even thought that that was a little bit of a stretch. He could have waited a week and become the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. That would have been sweet. Yeah, but he's not going to leave <laughs> again. If he's leaving to be the offense coordinator anywhere, it's going to be at LSU. This is how bad it's gotten with me and Brian Kelly. I'll take Lane Kiffin as my offensive coordinator. Would you take Lane Jeez. Kiffin as your head coach? Does that mean Brian Kelly's no longer the head coach? Probably. Yes. <laughs> uh, my, the, I have three good hires and three questionable hires. Um, my good hires are Baylor. I loved what the, I loved hiring Matt Rule. I think he's in a Oof. crazy uphill battle. But if you can win, yeah. if you can win at Temple, then you can win pretty much anywhere. And he got them to give him a long-term contract. He knows they know that they're in for a long rebuild, and he's going to be part of it. And I he's guaranteed to be part of it. I look at this situation similar to James Franklin going to Penn State. Like you're going to have to deal with a lot of nonsense, and you may not be the guy that turns I, that around. I see, I think that Matt Rule being a Penn State guy helps him in this role. He played at Penn State. He's born and raised. He went to State College High School, played at Penn State, and I think that that helps him because he was so close to experiencing everything that happened at Penn State, so close to he, – he knows how they went through the process of trying to rebuild and do all that stuff. I think that that probably helped him get this job. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones I really liked were Oregon hiring Willie Taggart. Um, I think – Thought that they could have gone for a bigger name. I, you know, rumors or was out there that they were in for Tom Herman and things fell apart and he got the, you know, took the Houston job, which I thought was, or the Texas job, which yeah, I thought it was a pretty no brainer right. anyway. Um, and I, I, the one that I, like I said before, I loved the Matt Rule hire. Charlie Strong at USF makes so much sense to me. I mean, that's a slam dunk hire. Um, we talked about how his, He's leaving a loaded team at Texas. South Florida very well could go undefeated next year. They have a very favorable non-conference schedule. The only big games they have are both at home, uh, Illinois and uh, I forget what the, I think there's an ACC team that are both at South Florida. And he's got a fantastic quarterback coming back. He's got a really good roster. He's going to be, he very well could be in a New Year's Day Bowl next year. And, you know, I think it would be great if 
he's in a New Year's Day bowl and they're playing like Texas or something. Yeah, interested to see how long he stays there because if he goes there and has some quick success, who's going to come knocking on that door saying, hey, not only are you a good coach, we know you got a raw deal at Texas. Come here and try to work it out. So South Florida has, you know how they schedule way in advance. South Florida plays at Texas in, yeah, I think, like 2020. Yep. Yeah, which would be... I, I'm, I'm wondering if he will stay just for that. Stay for four years just to get a chance for that one. The, game, the ones I don't understand... Um, Houston, Major Applewhite uh, doesn't really do anything for me. I thought Lane Kiffin and Les Miles, both who were considered finalists, would have both been better hires. Les Miles is still unemployed, yeah. which blows my mind. Unless he was very, very picky, I can't figure out what he's waiting for. I think we know what he's waiting for. Jim Harbaugh to take the Rams job, and then he might can take be Michigan. one of the things he's waiting for. <laughs> but as long as that stays there, I think he wants. I think he wants that South Bend opening. Uh, you keep dreaming, keep dreaming. You I, can have. You know I, what? I don't you can have, have any other. You can choice. have him. You can have him. I'm oh, not, I would love him. I, no, 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 that's fine. No worries. Uh, Ed O'Dron at LSU. He was their third choice. He promised them Lane Kiffin. And he currently does not have an offense coordinator. And I think that that was a big part of him getting the job is, hey, I'll take care of the defense, but I'm also going to go out and get the best offense coordinator that money can buy. And he didn't get Lane Kiffin. So I think that hurts that hire. The one that is just blows my, I, I don't get this one at all. And it's, you're going to probably shake it off is not a big program. Cincinnati completely just fumbled their, their opportunity. They, first of all, held on to Tommy Tuberville a couple days too long. Finally fired him. They had Jeff Brom, who ended up taking the Purdue job, interested. They had Charlie Strong as someone they were interested in. They had P.J. Fleck as someone they were interested in. And they ended up with the co-defensive coordinator at Ohio State, Luke Fickle, who was so bad as the regular defensive coordinator that two different times they've had to hire co-defensive coordinators to help him with what they do. And the well, maybe it, he's learned from that. You would hope. Maybe. But I mean, if you're Cincinnati, you have Luke Fickle who has not done well. He, he has he had one year as an interim head coach between um Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer. Yeah, that he was, went 6 and 7. Yeah, that he, was uh, yeah. They went they went 12 and 1 the year before, 6 and 7 with him, 12 and 0 the next year. So there's got to be some type there's, of blame on him. A little there's, bit. There's a, a reason for that, too. Well, right. But, I mean, <laughs> the, turn, like it was, the turnaround was pretty quick when Urban Meyer was able to come know, in. But, I mean, it's Urban Meyer. Well, here's the, here's, here's the thing. The co-defensive coordinator is Greg Schiano. Wouldn't you, if you're Cincinnati, wouldn't you rather have Greg Schiano, a proven head coach who has won at the level of what Cincinnati is when, I mean, he had Rutgers ranked number two or three in the nation at one point. That's crazy to think of. Wouldn't you rather have Shiano than Fickle? They're both, they literally had the exact same position this year. Again, it's one of those situations where somebody's got to know something behind the scenes that we don't know. You know, Shiano also went to the league and was terrible. So I, I don't know how much that weighs on Cincinnati's so you know, thinking. So was uh, Nick Saban. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in the minds of people at Cincinnati. Um, I think Fickle isn't a bad choice for them. 
Gotta, no, I agree. I mean, yeah. it's an Ohio guy. He's gonna, he obviously recruits well there because he's been at a, with Ohio State for so long. I agree with that. I just think it was waste too safe, and they missed the opportunity to get someone better. And they kind of just were like, uh. Or maybe Seattle didn't want it. You gotta, you gotta. I, from what, I, from what I understand, or from what, the stuff that I was reading, and I, I love, I'm very fascinated with coaching searches and stuff. I follow it probably too much. Mm-hmm. From what I understand, he wasn't even, it wasn't even mentioned. His name wasn't even brought up. So, I don't know the guys that I, as I said, the Jeff Brom, Charlie Strong, and PJ Fleck all were considered top their top three candidates. Now I can understand if those three turned it down. But they drag their feet. Jeff Brom takes the Purdue job, obviously better than Cincinnati. As they're continuing with their search, all of a sudden, Oregon hires Willie Taggart. So South Florida comes open. Charlie Strong immediately says, well, that's a better job than Cincinnati. They get left there. And then to me, it's like, oh, we got to do something quick. And they just grab this guy from down the road and give him a head coaching job. I mean, he he might do well. It just seems like a questionable hire to me. Yeah, I think the biggest thing out of everything that you just mentioned is the fact that PJ Flick is still at Western Michigan. I mean, that's an interesting one. It, it is that has to be by that, that has to be like, by choice, right? It's amazing that no one has even put his name next to their school to say, "Hey, this is our guy that we're going after." Yeah, I mean, it's weird. It was the only schools that even. Sh- showed any interest in him were Oregon and Cincinnati. Right. From from again, from what reports were out there. And once he didn't get the Oregon job, you wonder if he just kind of sat there and said, mm, oh, I'll wait for I'll wait till next year or Notre Dame might come up. That's what I'm saying. I think for the both of them, Miles and Flick, I think they're sitting there going, that Notre Dame job is going to be open. And when it does, I want to put my name in the hat. Uh I, I, just, keep, I, just, I just feel that it, it has it has to be some reason why these guys aren't even like being inter- has Les Miles even been interviewed for a job? Well, he was a finalist with Houston, so apparently he was at least interviewed for that. I just, <laughs> something's going on, like something big is and happening. I think Les Miles was interested in Purdue too, which is kind of weird that they chose. I mean, Jeff Brom's a well-known, high-powered offense guy, so. Maybe they just wanted the younger guy. Les Miles is old. And he is. He is old, and he eats grass, so you never know. They'd have to get rid of that field turf at Notre Dame. <laughs> you willing to do that? To win a national championship? Yes. <laughs> yes, I am willing to do that. Uh, one last thing this week. Mount Union. Not a big story, but the name rings true for college football fans. Mount Union loses. I'm just going to run out some of these stats. I don't know if you followed this game or followed anything that came about afterwards. They lose to a school called Mary Harden Baylor. Don't know what that is. Don't know where it is, but they lost to them. Um, apparently, the team executed a fake punt with 45 seconds left rather than giving the ball back to Mount Union and then were able to run out the clock for the win. The first time since 2004 that Mount Union's not playing in the national championship game. You know, hey. First true loss. At on the road in 114 road games. 1994 was the last time they lost a true road game. And it's the first loss, first two lost seasons since 1994. That's just 
absolutely crazy to be them man can you imagine if you're like you're an older player who played there and like you left them this tradition and now you guys have ruined it is that ruining it one one season can you imagine if you're a senior this year yeah that's what you've won it your first three years i feel the same way about the navy seniors like is your senior class that loses like come on yeah (laughs) Yeah, i just thought that was a little nugget that i saw i mean mountain union has won just I think they've won, they've appeared in 19 Division Three national championship games. And yeah, they've, won, they've won nine or 10 or 11 of them or something like that. So I just, when I saw that and saw those numbers, that was just completely mind-boggling when you think of Division One football and how different it is. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Alabama's kind of starting that run right now. So Yeah, but think about how long it would be. I mean, think of, I mean. Think if about Al- how long it's been. They've won what? Well, there's been three years in the playoff, and they've they missed it the one year. Yeah. So they so they're one for two in the playoffs. Yeah, but I mean, Mountain if, Union went for what? What is that? Twelve straight years? Eleven straight I, years? I get that they've got like the consecutive thing going, and that's what makes it crazy. But even if you look at like Alabama, they've won what four of the last seven? Yeah. Like, but again, that's, yeah, it's ridiculous. I, no, I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> But no, I just, like I said, I wanted to throw that out there just to get some thoughts on that. So that is all. Well, as always, man, it's a great first segment. It's how we like to bring it to you. <laughs> as everyone looks at me in the room, like I'm the crazy one. But yes, uh, coming up next, we'll go on to what do you want to talk about next, man? Uh, bowl games. We got a couple games? bowl games coming up. All right, we'll go to bowl games. And again, um, since we mentioned bowl games, if you want to challenge your bowl picking skills against ours, we do have the bowl pick em challenge set up. The link is on the Twitter page. It's at Grand Transfer Pod. We'll post it there a couple more times before the bowl games get started. You can go to the it's through ESPN.com. Mm-hmm. So if you don't you can't find it on the Twitter page or whatever, one look harder because there's not that many tweets, but um <laughs> But go to ESPN.com, just search the name. The The group name is Grad Transfer Pod. So mm-hmm. go through there. Uh, Justin and I have already got our picks in. A couple other people have as well. We're going to get producer Dan signed up so he can get his picks in. And you can compete against all of us and test your college football picking skills against ours. I'm going to win. I picked one major upset, but I'm not going to tell everybody what it is, even though you can probably click on it and see it. No, you can't. They locked it. Oh, they locked it. Nice. I tried. I I tried looking at yours. I got that (laughs) one tucked away there. But it's got to come through. (laughs) I, I think it will. I think it will. I have a good feeling about it. All right. All right. Coming up next, we'll talk about bowl games right here on the Grad Transfer Podcast. And welcome back to the Graduate Transfer Podcast. And uh, let's uh, look at this week's round of bowl games. Not the heavy hitters just yet, uh, but some intriguing matchups. Yeah, we got uh, nine games. We're planning this out for the listeners. We're planning it out through the following Thursday. So by the time they get the next graduate transfer episode, we'll have the following, the extra games from the upcoming week. So Christmas edition. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So we have nine games coming up this week, I believe. Let me count real quick. Yeah, it looks about right. Sure. And 
we're going to go through them real quick. We have Saturday, get things kicked off with the Air Force. I always love how ridiculous these names are, too. So I'm going to take my time in making sure I give out every sponsorship read for the, all these. <laughs> they didn't cut us a check, man. Air Force <laughs> Reserve Celebration Bowl between North Carolina Central and Grambling State. What the hell is the Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl? It used to be the Heritage Bowl, <laughs> and it is widely known as the HBCU Championship Game. Oh, okay. You it's, know. it's the uh, winners of the MEAC and the SWAC. They That's play. why Grambling's in a bowl game? Because I, I looked at that in the bowl pickup and I was like, how Grambling's in a bowl yeah, game? Yeah, so they're both one double A teams. I got you. Or FCS teams. And they both are conference champions. And they are playing in a bowl. Oh, man. Um, yeah, and... And it's on ABC at noon. Like, that's actually a good time slot if you're... Yeah, I would think that ABC would have, like, a big college basketball game on or something. Now, but. will ABC be showing halftime? Because the halftime of that game is going to be the best one of all of them. <laughs> I, I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, I want to see the halftime. They probably will. Halftime is game time, as they say on Drumline. Um, I will... Um, I don't know anything about either team here. I well, will we don't have to give our picks yet. Okay. That's that's we're just previewing them now. We'll once producer Dan okay, joins back I will, in, we'll give you I will picks. say Grambling's band will be the best performing team that day. Do you think that Grambling's band will be the best halftime show of all forty two bowls? They will only be rivaled by Ohio State's band. Ohio State's oh, band. Oh, I'm wondering but I'm wondering if those bands even play. Do those bands oh, play halftime of the playoff games? Yeah, I'm wondering if they don't have like some like huge celebrities singing like oh. at the Super Bowl or something like that. Well, Notre Dame's play- band played at the 2012 championship game. I mean, we clearly Did won they? that part of the game. Oh, our Ben kicked Alabama's <laughs> band's ass that day. Hey, you gotta you gotta get something right. <laughs> Congratulations! <laughs> it was seven nothing before the game started. <laughs> um, so that's that game. Are we are we satisfied with the? in-depth analysis of the Air Force Reserve Celebration I mean, that's the best I can do with those two teams. (laughs) How about the Gildan New Mexico Bowl? I believe it's Gildan, like like the clothing line, athletic clothing line, I guess. I I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, The Gildan New Mexico Bowl, because who wouldn't want to go to Albuquerque in the middle of December? It's snowing. (laughs) Why do you want to go anywhere where it's snowing for a bowl game? Is Albuquerque, is it snowing in Albuquerque? Albuquerque's supposed to be, like, nice. New Mexico. I mean, it's in the mountains a little bit, but is it snowing there? I would assume so. Wasn't it snowing last year? I think so. Maybe. I'm thinking, you might be thinking of that, the Boise, the the Boise, the Idaho potato. Or am I thinking of the Sun Bowl? I think I'm thinking of the Sun Bowl, because I know it snowed oh, a few times. Oh, that's right. It did snow in yeah, the Sun Bowl, which is yeah. very odd, but mm-hmm. yes. Um, and it can snow in Albuquerque, I'm sure. This is, um, I know that you're going to probably end up picking New Mexico. You don't have to hide this. You don't have to reveal that yet, but Bob Davey is the head coach. Ooh. At New Mexico. So if you're wondering where he is, he's in New Mexico. I haven't heard of Bob Davies since we got smacked in the Fiesta Bowl that year. They're playing uh, UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio. Antonio. It is their first ever bowl game. Well, shout out to them. They get rewarded by a trip to Albuquerque. The gilding New Mexico And New Mexico doesn't even get to travel for their bowl game. I mean, that's their home stadium? I don't know. I'm what I'm if this is their home stadium and it's a road game for them? That I'm guessing it's suck. their home stadium, right? 
It would have to. How many stadiums are there? Yeah, that's what I'm guessing. <laughs> Um, next up, the Geico Las Vegas Bowl. At least these two teams get a pretty cool place to go will in the, the middle of December. Will the Gecko be there? Uh, I'm going to assume that he would probably be on the air way too many times. By the way, the New Mexico Bowl is a 2 o'clock kickoff on ESPN if you're setting your DVRs. So that's a, what, 11 o'clock local time? I don't know if they're West Coast or if they're Mountain. Okay. And I get all screwed up once they get, do the... Uh, Daylight savings, and there's a mountain time all of a sudden instead of just central and west. So I don't know. <laughs> you never I know did, what you're going to learn. I just know it's a two o'clock start on my TV, <laughs> and I won't be watching. <laughs> the Geico Las Vegas Bowl, Houston against San Diego State. This is actually not a bad matchup for it's, something early on. It's a on. really good game. Um, I don't think Tom Herman's going to coach them, right? Uh, I doubt it. Okay. I doubt it. That's I don't what, know. I doubt it, though. I was wondering that when I went to pick this game, so I don't think he's going to, but I really I really think San Diego State's um, running back is outstanding. Legit, yeah. So it's going to be a good game. I agree. That's a 3.30 kickoff our time uh, on ABC. Now, that is the West Coast, so that's a noon. Las Vegas does a yeah. noon 30. That's is that what you were going to say? I was noon going 30. noon 30, and I caught myself. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also Saturday afternoon, a five thirty kickoff in beautiful Montgomery, Alabama, the Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. I mean, listen, there are prestigious bowls in this world, in this country rather, but well now in the world, cause there's the Bahamas bowl. So, yes. but why would you not want to go to beautiful Montgomery, Alabama for the Raycom Media I mean, even if I'm not a fan of Appalachian State or Toledo, I this is on my bucket list. I mean, listen, no offense to Montgomery, Alabama. I mean no harm when I say this, but if I go to school in Toledo, the last place I want to go for a bowl <laughs> game is Montgomery, Alabama. As a Pitt fan that's been to Birmingham three straight <laughs> years for bowl games, I didn't go, but the team went for three straight years. I'd imagine that... Alabama in general is not somewhere where you're like, oh boy, I hope we get that bowl I game. I mean, as much as I want to play in a bowl game, I'm really like, look, coach, do we really have to go to Montgomery, Alabama? Can we just Alabama? take this one off yeah, and, yeah, you know, decline yeah, this invite, please? It's okay. We appreciate it. Um, a better location. This comes back into our New Mexico discussion. The Auto Nation Cure Bowl, Central Florida taking on Arkansas State in Orlando, which is where Central Florida is yeah, located. not even a trip for them. I don't know if it's there stadium or not there are multiple stadiums in orlando yes i am aware i don't of that. know if it's their stadium but see not. like the cool thing is like you go to orlando you got universal studios you yeah, got but those disney guys world see that all the time well i'm, I'm talking about for uh, arkansas oh, State. yeah yeah. this yeah. is much better than yeah. montgomery yeah. i don't know what's plus in montgomery plus it's florida it's nice yeah you got some couple things going on there um i would much rather go to the auto nation cure bowl which i don't understand why it is called that yeah i don't <laughs> Then they go to Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, another just awful game, if I can say that. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl between Southern Miss and Louisiana Lafayette at nine o'clock Saturday night. So if you're staying in this Saturday, you got something to watch. See, I feel bad for Louisiana Lafayette because I feel like they're in that game every year. Well, it's always one of them. It's like Louisiana Monroe. Louisiana Tech or Louisiana Lafayette is always playing in this game. I feel like they're always there. Or maybe there. like Tulane. Or it's, it's, it's like, okay, 
How can we cut down our travel expenses? All right, just invite someone from the state of Louisiana. We'll get a lot. We'll get a lot of fans, and we only have to pay for one team to get to the get to the game. Right. So there's your bowl games on Saturday. Um, the only one I'm actually really interested in, and I don't know how much of this game I'll even watch, is the Houston San Diego State game. But that one should be at least entertaining. There's some good players on each side, some good teams that have done well. Appalachian State and Toledo should actually be a high-scoring game, if that's what you're into, but whatever. Sunday is off for the NFL. Monday. This now, is where, we're now we're talking getting into some, destinations. Yeah, we're getting into some locations Yes, now. now we're talking. Monday, the Miami Beach Bowl. They're, they don't mess around. It's just the Miami Beach Bowl. There's no sponsorships. It's, hey, Miami Beach Bowl. Come down to Miami, because why wouldn't you want to be at There Miami? aren't many places in this country that are better than going to Miami. My God. Um, and it's my little note here. This is central Michigan. So you're coming from central oh. Michigan or you're coming from the middle of Oklahoma oh. and Tulsa. I mean, if I have to go to a lower tier bowl game, this is when you <laughs> listen, want. we have hit the jackpot. Well, 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 hold on. There's still, there's still some, there's still some, another one. that's not bad. Um, as I actually wrote in my notes, this game might suck, but at least they get to spend a week I mean, in South Beach. I mean, listen. <laughs> That's basically all you need to the know. The worst part of going to this bowl game is that you have to play in Marlins Park, which isn't anywhere close to the beach, but it's not as far as going to Sunlight or now it's what, Hard Rock Stadium? Hard Rock Stadium, yeah. yeah. It's not as far as going out there, but that's the worst part of this bowl game is that you have to play in Marlins Park. That's Monday night, Tuesday. This is like the retirement version of the Miami Beach. <laughs> the retirement center version. It's the Boca Raton Bowl. I mean, at least you're close enough. You could bus trip from Boca Raton to South Beach one of those days. So That'd be a great bucket list doubleheader. I mean, you could easily do it. You're so. a diehard football fan if you do both those games back to back. Because the question would be is if you're in South Beach or Boca Raton, why are you going to football games? And why are you going to bad football games? Listen, again, I talk about Notre Dame a lot because I can just, I mean, it is what it is. But Notre Dame's playing Miami next year You're in going. Miami. You're going. I'm going just because it's Miami. I may, not even make it to the, I may not even make it to the game. Like I said, it's a, it's a difficult trip to get to that stadium, but <laughs> it's Miami. But there's going to be some bars on or some places that you can watch the game and then go out and have a good night. Listen. <laughs> Boca Raton Bowl is Memphis and Western Kentucky. That's a 7 o'clock kick on Tuesday. By the way, the Miami Beach Bowl, a Monday Monday afternoon game. Monday at 2.30. So, like, really, who's going to that game? The, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even if I was a fan of those teams, I might have to be like, listen. Monday <laughs> afternoon. Like, yeah, you know what? The beach is really nice right now, but I want to go and watch this awful game in Marlins Park. Especially coming from Central Michigan where it's, like, freezing right, right now. Like, right. come on. All right, and the final game that we are previewing, if you want to call this a preview, this is a preview. This is yeah, uh, sure real is. takes on each game. The San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. I mean, is it Poinsettia or is it Poinsettia? Poins- poinsettia. I always thought it was Poinsettia. I mean, I know we always call it Poinsettias. So. <laughs> right, but I, th- I feel like we pronounce it wrong. So that's why I, added I mean it's that. Pittsburgh, so we pronounce right. a lot of things wrong. Right. This is actually an intriguing one too. An old school uh, Mountain West conference sure. matchup: BYU versus Wyoming. A nine o'clock kickoff 
out in San Diego. This might be the best game that Chargers fans get to watch all year. Oh, shots fired. Boom. Um, yeah, it's not a bad destination to go either. I mean, San Diego is pretty nice from what I hear. We still have the, uh, this is, as I said, this is the last game this week that we're going to wrap up. But the one that you mentioned before takes all destinations. The yeah. Bahamas, I mean, the Popeyes Bahamas. The Pope- First off, I'm not a huge fan of Popeyes, but if I'm going to the Popeyes Bahamas Bowl, do I get to go to the Bahamas and get free chicken? Because if I do, I'm all in. I wonder, I mean, I'm guessing that most sponsorships give out something like that. Give out, I mean, if you're if you're the title sponsor of a bowl game, my guess is, is that you're providing something to the teams coming down. So I mean, although, then again, chicken's probably not the best thing to have like right before a game. Listen, chicken has gotten me through many a situations. And if you're telling me I can get it for free and I'm in the Bahamas, I'm in. That is, we'll, we'll do a full preview of this game, you know, in upcoming, in an upcoming episode. But that one is, uh, definitely wins the best location. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's up there, man. And maybe, well, again, we don't know what exactly they give out to these. Well, no, well, 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 we do have the Hawaii Bowls. The Aloha Bowl is out there. I think there's just one this year. There's I think just it's one. just the Hawaii Bowl. Yeah, I mean, the stadium is crap. I mean, I've been there. Well, and they only do but, they only do one they they do the same thing that the New Orleans Bowl is cuz Hawaii, yeah, Hawaii always plays goes. there every year. Um yeah, the the stadium is crap, but I mean, I've, as far as the destination goes, yeah, but I feel like it would be easier to get to the Bahamas than to Hawaii, expense-wise, everything, you know? Oh, so, yeah, I'm sure it's a pain, right. but, I mean, listen. <laughs> yeah, that's not a bad Honolulu one. Honolulu is special, bro. That's not that's that's <laughs> not a bad one. Um, But, yeah, so that wraps up our preview. We're going to talk a little college basketball coming up. Oh. We are not just the college football podcast. Right now we're college football heavy because that's what season it is, but... Basketball's been going on, too. It's been somewhat interesting. I mean, my blood pressure was raised a couple of points this weekend because of college basketball, so I'm in it. We will uh, talk some more college basketball coming up next. And welcome back to the Graduate Transfer Podcast. Let's shift gears a bit. And talk a little college hoops action. Um, we we previewed college basketball, but we didn't really dive into it. So let's just general thoughts so far on the college basketball season. I, I'll be honest. I have not watched as much college basketball as I normally do. College basketball is my favorite sport. I mm-hmm. love college football. College basketball is my favorite sport. Followed closely by college football. But I I'll be honest. I have not watched as much college basketball this year as I normally would. I've watched some of the big games. You know, they do those matchups that we like. Uh, I watched some of the games out in Hawaii for the Maui invite. Um, You know, if something's on, if there's an intriguing matchup on, I'll turn it on and watch it. The thing that I've noticed, maybe it's me, it seems like there is a big separation of teams this year, talent-wise. I feel like over the past 
maybe three or four years, it's there's been a ton of parity where other than that Kentucky team maybe two years ago that was undefeated up until Wisconsin knocked them off, I didn't feel like there was any like great teams. There was just, you know, 20 teams that you could be like, yeah, they can make it to the Final Four. If that team gets hot, they can make it to the Final Four. I look at this year, and in my mind, there's four teams that are head and shoulders above everyone else. If they're healthy and they're playing well, I, I just see four teams that stand out. And I don't know if there's other good teams. My four of those four teams, I guess I should say what the four teams are. Uh, Villanova, Duke, Kentucky, and UCLA. The talent on those on those rosters is through the roof. Good coaches up and down. Like I said, crazy talent. Seniors on the team or veterans on the team. Um, I just, if those teams are healthy, no, I've been impressed with North Carolina. I've been impressed by Kansas. Baylor's got some nice wins already. Indiana's got some nice wins. But, I mean, those four teams just seem like they just have a completely another level to their performance when they're playing. And Duke's the scary one. Duke's done really well, and they just are finally getting all of their players healthy. Yeah, I was kind of going to say almost the opposite. I thought, excuse me, I think that there are a good amount of teams that can make a strong run. I mean, you have those teams that are at the top, you know, without question, um, and they're easily the teams that you mentioned. Um, But I think teams like Indiana, very good, can make a run. I think Kansas is one of those teams that can make a run, even though I look for Kansas to choke every year because that's just what they do. <laughs> I'm kind of curious on, and I'd like to hear what you have to say about the Big Ten. Every year I think that they kind of get hyped up and then they, and I don't know, maybe it's just the name recognition of the conference, but like this year everyone's like, oh, Purdue's going to be great. I think Purdue's good. And I said it in our preview show, I thought that they would be good and I think that they have some talent. Indiana, oh, you know, they lose to, who did they lose to? Uh, Fort Worth. Fort, Fort Wayne. Fort Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I, I get it that you stumble in those games, but they shouldn't lose those games. Um, Michigan has been not what they, sh- not what people thought they would be. Ohio State, like, there's no one really in the Big Ten other than Indiana that I can be like, But I think, yeah. I think Wisconsin is very good. That's you know what I forgot. I, I completely forgot. I, yeah, Wisconsin's they impressed me. Good. Their their trip out it to Hawaii very much impressed me. I th- I agree. Actually, I forgot about Wisconsin, and they have a, they they have a solid team too. But I I don't know. I just don't see those teams on the level of the ones that I mentioned. Well, it's also too, you know, when the flag bearer of your conference comes out the gate struggling, and no no real slight to them, but just because of the way they scheduled in Michigan State, you know, if they're looking down, then it almost sets a bad tone for the conference because clearly Michigan State was supposed to be the best team in the Big Ten. Right, right. So if they come out and they don't look strong at the start, it could look bad for the old conference. Now, like I said, I I love the way Wisconsin's playing right now. Um, They're stronger than I thought they would be. Without having you know Bo Ryan as the coach now, and then coming back, they did bring back their star players from last year. So um, that's yeah, a I plus they for had them. The top six guys back from last year, or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. The team that made it to the Sweet Sixteen, yeah, they were good. So um, they look they look pretty good. Um, but like you said, I think Purdue is solid. Um, they get a test this weekend 
or the next yeah the next couple of days actually no it is this weekend it's Saturday Saturday, Saturday yeah right 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 um so yeah I I, I don't love the Big Ten um but I think I think it's okay and then seeing that's where my other issues are is Kansas okay who's challenging them in the well, Big they, Twelve they dominate West the Virginia right by the way I never say anything nice about West Virginia man. That team is so much fun to watch. Solid. And I've tweeted this out last week, maybe. And as a Pitt fan, it's tough to say. But to me, if you're talking about great coaches, you're talking about someone that can change what they do to fit what they have. And Bobby Huggins left the rugged, tough, grind every point out Big East and went to the Big 12. And he knew he had to start running, and he knew he had to get fast pace. He knew he had to score in bunches, and he did that. Jamie Dixon left the rough and tough, grinded out Big East, and went to the ACC and tried to play that same style. Mm-hmm. And that's where West Virginia has excelled in the last two or three years, and Pitt has just kind of been the average middle-of-the-road ACC team. And I think that that... That right there shows you what a great coach Bobby Huggins is. I think there's two sides to that, right? So I I, I agree with you. I think Bobby Huggins is a great coach. Um, but you saw like when his teams aren't willing to play his style, they struggle. You know, Bobby Huggins wants to pressure you, and he wants to do yeah, it but he's a not lot. Always been that way. No, that's what's that's why I, I know. Think it's but impressive. his teams that have excelled have been teams that do that. And and this is one of those teams that do that. Now, it was I don't think it was necessarily last year, but the year before that, they weren't very good because they didn't want to play that way. Yeah. So, you know, it, was it la- it was it was 2 years ago when they didn't have where where they pressed a lot but they couldn't they had no like point guard. Right. Or and right. they had no one. So when other teams did it back to them, they they turned the ball over just as much right. and it was just not a good fit. So, it it goes hand in hand, right? Like you have to be willing to adapt your style to playing your competition, but you also have to have players that buy into your style. And a lot of things about today's players, they don't they don't want to do the hard stuff, right? They they, they just we don't want to run for forty minutes, right? No, yeah. no, oh, thanks. we we have to be in your face this whole we time. Play defense. I just, I just shot a three. I'm not going back on defense. Like right. no, um, so. To have a coach that plays that style and to have players buy into it, you can see um, you can see the success that that brings. Now, to Jamie Dixon, to your point, he didn't adapt his coaching style to play in the ACC at all, but he also didn't get the players to be able to play in the ACC, and that hurt him too. Well, right, but I think that that goes hand in hand. Like Bobby Huggins is now getting his players that need to play that style, right. and Jamie Dixon never did. Right. And that's and that's where again, just making the comparison. I don't think there would be many people out there that would say anyway that Jamie what Jamie Dixon has done in his career is anywhere close to what Huggins has done in his career because he's done it a lot longer and has had success at multiple places. But I'm just saying in general, you you get that opportunity to, I mean. Three years should be enough to start seeing some type of development of younger players. And look at what he left at Pitt. It's all seniors. It's all upperclassmen because the younger guys that he has aren't able to play in the ACC. They're they're just not able to. And they're going to, I mean, 
Kevin Stallings is going to struggle at Pitt with the roster that Jamie Dixon left behind. And there's no denying that. Whereas, again, Bobby Huggins, and I think that they're going to be competitive to kind of make this full circle. I think they're going to be competitive in the Big 12 this year. And it wouldn't be surprising to me if they're a team that can put a scare into Kansas, whether they end the streak of like 97 straight Big 12 championships or not. I don't know. But they're a team that can certainly put that scare into Kansas and possibly be the team that ends that streak. Yeah, to your point, exactly is why I give, you know, Mike Bray so much credit to be able to not be a basketball school and not get those type of players that can compete on an ACC level and still be able to compete in the ACC and even win the ACC. I mean, that is tremendous. It's mind blowing to me. I don't know how they do it. See, to me, Notre Dame was just a naturally better fit in the ACC than in the Big East. Notre Dame struggled in the Big East because they played a much more freestyle, great shooters. They always had two or three guys that can hurt you from the outside. They were more athletic. They didn't have as many big, you know, big bodies down low that would pound you and wear you out. Where now they're playing with leaving the Big East, and they were they had some really good teams in the Big East. Don't don't get me wrong. But now they're leaving the Big East and they're playing a style in a in a, a in a conference which fits their offense better. So I'm I'm not taking anything away from Mike yeah. Bray, but I think this just fits Notre Dame and what he wants to do a whole lot better than what he was almost forced into having to play that slow, methodical offenses that you know that grind it out in the Big East. Yeah, wish they had an athletic big this year, but that's another conversation for another day. Um, um, what about out west? Anything that you've seen out west? UCLA is scary I, good. I mean, that ball kid is just, I mean, the guy's ridiculous. And the sad part is his younger brother in high school is probably better than him. Probably. I mean, that just is just ridiculous. Um, and the last one I'm going to ask is the SEC. Is it just... At some point, as good as the SEC is in football, they're just awful at basketball. Like, other than Kentucky, Florida Florida's decent this year. But, I mean, they just never put out consistent teams. No team is good for four, five, six years in a row. Yeah, I mean, nowhere in the SEC outside of Kentucky – um, none of those schools are really a basketball destination. Right, right. I mean, if none, I'm a, and none of them put basketball as a priority, and not even like two behind football. It's normally like bas or football, then probably baseball, track and yeah, field. Yeah. I mean, th- think about wh- how how many big time programs in the SEC. I mean, you think about how many how many hotbed cities for basketball are there in the SEC. I mean, you have. Atlanta, Miami, maybe Atlanta. you have Atlanta, maybe. I mean, I don't, I don't ever hear about like big time basketball recruits coming out of Atlanta. You get like, Atlanta's a decent one. Atlanta's probably bigger, bigger than Miami. Yeah, um, but still, but I get of, your point. Though. Yeah, but outside yeah. of those two, okay, I'll give you those two. It's like where else are they getting? Yeah, but I mean, talent from it. it to me, you, you're not going to get a lot of guys in your backyard anyway. You know, but the problem with that is you're also in the same backyard as a North Carolina, as a Duke, 
you know. But those are all those those teams are all recruiting nationally. Right. What well, what I'm saying is, if you have a guy who's coming out of Atlanta, who's coming out of Miami as oh, a big yeah. time basketball right, recruit. Right. If I'm Florida, but don't I can even, so, I don't need you to get you know the top player in the nation. Get just five decent guys that can play a game of basketball. I mean, it's amazing how bad some of the teams in the SEC are. No, absolutely no. I agree with you, but what I'm saying is there could have been one of if one of those guys stays home, maybe he changes you know the fortunes of one of those programs, yeah. and they can't get those guys to do that. Because hey, Shashevsky's knocking on that kid's door, and it's it's over. It's a yeah, wrap for you. That's true. That's true. Um, some interesting games since we don't have a full slate of college football this Saturday. We did go through the bowl games, but there's some interesting games if you're a college basketball fan. So I'm going to run through these real quick. There's only a handful of ones that really jumped out at me. These are all on Saturday. The one that got me right off the bat is Georgetown Syracuse. Is someone who grew up on the Big East and just loved Big East basketball. There is not a game that says Big East like Georgetown Syracuse. You can have UConn. You can have, Georgetown Syracuse is what made the Big East what the Big East was. Let me ask you a question, kind of random, um, but even with the Carmelo Anthony year at Syracuse, has Syracuse ever been exciting to watch? <laughs> like. I think they've had very good teams, and they've had very good talent come through Syracuse. But have they ever been exciting to watch? Have you ever seen Syracuse on TV and go, "Oh, it's I gotta watch this"? It's Syracuse. Well, it, that's just because they play that zone. That's the only well, reason. That, but they that's have, my, they have that's this, my they've point. always had the scores and the guys that can that can score on the other end. That, I mean, but that's playing my, that that's zone my point. Is, what, is what really hurt. What hurts. Just like it's image. just not ex- it's not exciting basketball, and I it's effective, right? I mean, I don't understand why more teams can't beat them. It's the same defense every trip, but right. <laughs> I don't get that. But hey, um, I've just never turned on Syracuse and go, oh, Syracuse is playing. I got to watch this. Um, I have just because again, because they've had some crazy good athletes on the offensive side that were really good as well. So I mean, and again, I'm speaking from someone that was grew up on the Big East. Right, Syracuse was always one of those teams where, I as I said, you 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 watched them, you knew like, all right, if you want to be good, you got to beat that team, and they had players from, I mean, all the way back from Derek Holman. Oh to, yeah, they they've had great I players mean, come through there. Yeah, so I mean, is their style exciting? No, but they have had a players that are more of of a must see than the team in, itself, I guess. Um, and Georgetown's not any good. And Georgetown, I mean, this game probably won't be a good game. I don't know if you watched any of the UConn-Syracuse game last week, maybe. That was one of the worst bas- college basketball games I've ever seen. But again, it's that rivalry playing. I, I, as a Pitt fan, I wish that Pitt played Georgetown. I wish Pitt played UConn or Villanova, but they don't play them. They don't, they don't, they don't unfortunately play those games. You don't games. want Villanova this year. <laughs> well, I, I, w- I would like, I mean, Pitt's going to lose a lot of games this year. It doesn't matter who they're playing against. They're going to lose a lot of games. So I'd take Villanova, yeah. Um, another game Saturday, Memphis, Oklahoma. Not a great game, but, you know, two bigger programs going against each other. Whoever wins this game is going to be able to put it on their resume come March because these are teams that are going to probably be in the tournament unless something crazy goes wrong. Um, 
game you're going to be interested in, and I like that they do this in Indianapolis every year. Mm -hmm. They take the four big schools in the state of Indiana, and it just rotates, right? They don't. It's not the same matchups every year, yeah, right? Yeah, it rotates between the four. So you got Purdue playing Notre Dame at 2 o'clock, and then after that at 5 o'clock, Butler in Indiana. That's just going to be a fun... I mean, all four of those teams, I don't know if they're all ranked still, but they were all ranked in the last week's rankings. I don't know if they're all ranked in the newest rankings. Yeah, I would assume Notre Dame fell out, um, but... I think Notre Dame's still in. I think they only oh, dropped... Nice. Like, I, I think would, they dropped to like 24. I mean, they should be. I mean, they, they looked... <laughs> Pretty. They looked as good as you can look against the number one team in the country, and While a losing. guy drops thirty seven on you. Right. I mean, jeez. Um, but no, that that one should be a good one. I'll let you kind of dive in. You know, I I like Purdue. They got some good bigs. I know that that's one of the areas where Notre yeah, Dame struggles. Yeah, that's going to be a struggle for them. Um, inside, Bonzi Bonzi Colson's great. I I love the kid, but at the end of the day, he is six six. So. I mean, well, Purdue's going to come at them with two seven footers. One that, dude's like seven three, and the other guy's seven yeah, foot. That's, so. that's a problem. Um, I love the way Matt Farrell has taken over the point guard position at Notre Dame, um, really running the offense with um, sort of not, he's not as athletic as Demetrius Jackson was last year. Um, doesn't have the full range to be able to get his shot whenever he wants, uh, but he's fearless. He's faster than you think he is. He can get to the basket. Um, he's creative in finishing, um, but the biggest problem right now for Notre Dame, VJ Beecham has got to step up. I mean, dude, you're athletic enough to play in the league. You you've shown the ability to hit shots from all over the floor. You got to step up, man. If if he makes three more shots on Saturday, <laughs> they probably beat Villanova. I can honestly say that I have not seen more than. 15 seconds of Notre Dame basketball so far this year. I will just say this. Although I will probably be watching on Saturday. So I'm intrigued by this matchup. And I know Under Armour's not listening to this podcast, but can I get a green jersey? That's all, that's all I want for Christmas. I've seen the images. My uh, they goodness. Look, they look pretty good. Man, I need that for the pit game. Well, you need it pretty quick. Then. I know, right? <laughs> um. We mentioned this team already, UCLA. They're playing Saturday. They're ho they're not hosting. They're in Las Vegas playing against Ohio State. Ohio State's not great this year. UCLA should win this one. But again, as I mentioned before with the Oklahoma and Memphis, I love seeing these teams go to a neutral site, go somewhere, and play games against tough, tough opponents. Has Thad Mata missed his window? I mean, geez. Past couple years, he's, he has struggled. Yikes. Man, that's a fall from grace right there. Uh, also, in that matchup in Las Vegas, the headliner, which Ooh. obvious reasons, North Carolina and Kentucky, that's a 545 tip-off time on CBS, which um, I would be willing to bet you anything that you would want that it does not tip off by 545. I don't know why they needed to get so specific on that one. But North Carolina, Kentucky, um, that's going to be a good game. Yeah, it's gonna crazy be, athletes on the floor there. That's gonna be fast paced, um, lots of points. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. And the final one, probably should have maybe put the North Carolina Kentucky game no. next. No, two teams not to sleep on, uh, Dayton and Northwestern. But what's interesting? Are you cheering for Northwestern? I mean, they've never made the tournament. They look pretty solid this year. Uh, is there a spot in your heart going, guys? 
make the tournament? Yes and no. Yes, I more because I like their coach, former Duke guy, uh, Chris Collins. I'm just a fan of, so uh, I kind of want him to be successful. No, because I love it that they've never made it. Like I, I love it. I love it that there's one Power Five team that has never made it. It wouldn't. I mean, it wouldn't matter who, what school it was from. I just think it's kind of cool that no, not maybe not. I mean, Northwestern fans probably don't think it's cool, but the fact that the NCAA tournament's been going on for years and one team has never made it from the Power Five. There's obviously, I think there's six, five or six total teams that have never made it. But there's only one from the power conferences that have never made it. And I I hope they make it because, as I said, I like their coach. I like what he has built there. But if they don't make it, it's just kind of another cool story. You're like me cheering against the Cubs because you want to keep the, all those years of losing still going. Yeah, and Northwestern being a Chicago team, maybe we should, maybe we should root. The, if the Cubs won, so hey, guess what? You we're gotta def- have one streak. Yeah, we're not we're not rooting for you to win. Also, here's here's my problem with that. I would hate for them to make the tournament and then be in one of those like first four games, like one of those first round games yeah, in Dayton. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, well, you and I have both talked about how much we hate that that they play teams that deservedly got into the tournament in those games. But I guess at this point, they would be... I mean, they're not winning the Big Ten and getting the 16 seed. So they're actual... You're saying to be in a bubble team or whatever and p- play that playing game. Well, well yeah. The well, they put a, seed yeah, or yeah, 11 they put 11 seeds in there now. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, that would suck for them to have to do that. If that's the way they make it. Like, I either want them to make it and go to a site and enjoy, you know, all the perks that come with being a tournament team that way or just miss it if they have to go to Dayton. Well, I saw the, the most recent thing that I saw was Pitt was playing in the play-in bubble <laughs> game. So I was like, yes! So you're saying there's a chance. So oh, they, they, But that would, be, that would be easy for Pitt fans. They had them playing in the play-in game oh, in Dayton boy. and then in Buffalo. Those are two easy locations to get to back and forth between. Didn't Pitt make it to a tournament game in Dayton the one year? They were the, it was the year they were the one seed, right? And they almost lost. Was that Dayton? No. You, they don't play those games in Dayton. No, what I'm saying is they made it to the tournament, but the tournament site the first week they were there was in Dayton, right? Yeah, I think that was the year that they... That was the year they were the one seed. I think that's the year they lost to Butler. And Butler went... As in, the, in the second round, and Butler went on to the, lose the national championship game to UConn. That was a crazy great finish. One of the, I mean, one of one of the best college basketball games I've ever seen. Um, that I'm almost certain that was in Dayton, where they lost to Butler, and that would have, yeah, that was the year. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the year the Butler lost to UConn or if that was the year Butler lost to Duke, but it was it was it was the year that Butler knocked them out as a number one seed in the second round. And then Butler went on a crazy run and made it to the national championship game. Hilarious. Pit sports for you right there. Pit <laughs> athletics. All right. And coming up next, we'll have listener questions, Dan's question of the week, and uh, we'll pick a few bowl games for you right here on the Graduate Transfer Podcast.
And welcome back to the Graduate Transfer Podcast. This is our question segment. And for those of you who are new to the Graduate Transfer Podcast, we have listener submit questions. We also have producer Dan here who asked his question of the week. And for those that don't know, like I said before, Dan is a football novice. Um, That's very polite of you. Thank you. Yes. yes. You are (laughs) on the beginner (laughs) mode of this video game. So Dan will ask questions that, you know, some of the listeners may just know. And you may hear it. We tend to just chuckle when he asks them. Absolutely. But I felt like that needed to be explained because as I went back and listened to it, and I was sitting there like, Dan really asked that question. Well, I had someone, (laughs) I had someone on, someone text me and say, "Where'd you find this guy? Does he really not know anything about sports?" I was like, "No, he legit knows nothing about college sports. I'm the real deal." So, and not knowing stuff. The one, the guy I was talking to on text, he like was thinking like it was a joke, like, like, like this is a stage person (laughs) to act like he knows nothing. Yeah, it was pretty funny when I went back and listened to it. I was like, yeah, that needs to be explained what exactly we're doing, but it's all good, man. We love it. And now you like at least tune into football games. Yeah. I, and you kind of, if you hear some news or whatever, you take note and things. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I get a, a Saturday to myself, I'm like, hey, that's that thing that they keep talking about. <laughs> <laughs> We're creating a there's monster. A, that, I might tune into that. There's that non-completely round ball that the, the yeah. you know a- oblong, I believe, would best okay. describe sure. its shape. Next season, we'll have you like pick a team to follow, and then that'll become your team. Yeah, we should do that. Oh, should I like should I like a team? Yeah, yeah, be we'll, sweet. we'll have to come up with some method like, and I'll like stand pick, by it no matter what. And we'll give you like ten <laughs> questions, and it'll like lead you to like. The perfect yeah, team. we'll have to do oh, like one of those things, idea. like, like what, a matrix. We'll yeah. find one. Somebody's yeah. had to have created yeah, that. We'll, like, we'll, what college team would you cheer for? Yeah, we'll we'll that's figure a great out something. Idea. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that's that for awesome. next year. I will do this. All right. And I'll, I think we I'll should get him to a game next year too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get him. I mean, I mean, Pitt, it's easy enough to get a ticket listen, at Pitt games. Listen, so. Pitt is a college football game, but it's not a college football. No, game. No, it's not like a college football environment that. Unless like, you want to take the graduate transfer podcast road trip up to state college for Pitt Penn State next year. That might be entertaining. All right. I mean, I'm game. As long as I'm we don't go on to where they that throw batteries anyway, at so. people. Yeah, I mean, we might as well do it. Okay. There you go. Although you didn't go that to the game like this year. It was in your backyard. Oh, I went to the game. I just didn't go in. Right. <laughs> the party was outside the game. If you say so. Oh, I've got the pictures to prove it. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. We've, I've asked too many questions Excellent. in this question of the week segment. So, all right, so we, we want to start with Dan or we want to start with uh, let's, let's listener do the listener. Let's do the listener questions first. All right. I have one if you want me to start okay. things off. Uh, Adrian on Twitter asked me, he was a little disappointed in finding out uniform selection for bowl games. And he asked me just the general question of how do they decide who is home and away for bowl games? And how do they decide who gets to have selections for uniforms? Because, you know, there's certain, I thought it was an interesting question. I immediately was like, well, I'm sure they just rotate, you know, each, you know, this year, you know, with all the conference affiliations. 
Uh, and that's what it is for the Pitt one. That, that was what it was specifically asked for because Pitt is wearing white. And a lot of fans were like, hey, we should wear our throwbacks. And, you know, the, the, but if Pitt's wearing, if Pitt's the away team, they have to wear white. Um, but a lot of teams have, you know, the Penn State all white look is just a, a, a very prestigious look that mm-hmm. everyone knows the, that look. Now, the Penn State Navy uniform also is something that is recognized everywhere. Mm-hmm. So it's just an interesting question. So I give your thoughts and opinions well, on that. I know for the playoff games and for the, I want to say the majority of the New Year's Six Bowls, the higher ranked team is the home team. So they wear their home jerseys. Uh, or at least they get first pick of what jersey they want to wear. And then the vis- the lower ranked team has to just go with whatever. Okay. I didn't that- know that. I didn't I mean I figured the playoff yeah, would yeah. that be that way. I didn't know that for the New Year's Six Bowl. I want to assume I'm gonna assume it's that way. Again, falling back on Notre Dame because I follow it religiously. I know when we played Alabama in the national championship game, they wore the home blues because they were the number one seed. Okay. So on that, I would, uh, this is just something different with uniforms and looks and things like that. I would love to see the Rose bowl, both teams wearing colors, get that traditional all red mm-hmm. USC look in the white, red in the blue and white Penn state look. Mm-hmm. I think that'd look pretty sick. Yeah. But I think it'll look sick if USC wears the home red colors and Penn State rocks the all white. It's the other way around. Penn State's wearing their blues. No, no, no. I I know that's the way it will be. What I'm saying is I think it'll look sick if they come out in the reds and Penn State comes out in the all whites because you know the fans will be in all white for Penn State. Right. So yeah. you'll that's have that That's the one thing backdrop. I never understood with Penn State. They do the whiteouts, but they always play them at home where they're wearing their blue jerseys. Yeah, that that would be that would be pretty sick. Yeah, if they could those two teams with those historic jerseys and uniforms that mm-hmm. everyone knows and recognizes, I thought that if you could put those both home teams, both teams wearing their home uniforms, and they're distinct enough colors that you could certainly get away with it. But yeah. all right, that was the question. I'm glad you had the answer because I was like, I looked at the pit one and I just looked back at they're in the pinstripe bowl mm-hmm. and they've rotated ACC, Big Ten, ACC. Who's the home team? I'm like, well, that's. Yeah, my I, guess on why Pitt's the away. Yeah, team. I don't know if that's the way it is with all of them, but I know I know that will be for the playoffs. Like Alabama's going to wear the crimson, and Washington's probably going to wear their white ones because they're the lower seeded team. That makes sense. All right, uh, we got another listener question from Tom. Um, does a national championship this year submit Alabama as the all-time great dynasty, or I'm sorry, you phrase it as as an all-time great dynasty in the history of college football? Um, I think what Nick Saban is doing now will not be duplicated in the near future, let alone in history in general. For him to win, what would this be, four out of seven, or have they won four out of seven? Yeah, I think they've already won four out of seven. So, I mean, that's... Just unheard of. Yeah. Um, two in a two in a row is just ridiculous. So, um, it's not going to match the Oklahoma team from years and years and years ago, mm-hmm. or some of the Notre Dame teams from way back when. Um, 
It's not gonna. It's just not going to. But for this day and age, yeah, they're they're doing something right now that we will, we may never see again with their dominance that they have. Yeah. And to to do it, the way they're doing it, playing in the toughest conference every year and winning that also, it's not like they're playing a week schedule and finding a way into the playoff and then winning the playoff every year. They're playing with a target on their back from their conference foes from week one, and they're going non-conference playing tough schedules. And it's, yeah, what we're, what we're seeing Alabama do now is something special that we're not going to see. You know, we're likely not to see it again. Yeah, I mean, college football, I mean, they've, we've seen... We've seen this before, and I'll put that in quotations as I say that um, great teams have always been a part of the college football landscape. Uh, what Alabama is doing right now is similar to, like you said, what Oklahoma did in that incredible run where they didn't lose for 40-something games. Um, we've seen Miami have this period of just pure dominance um, we've actually seen Miami do it twice, which is, I think, even more incredible than just having one period of doing it than to come out and do it again. Um, so this isn't like something like we've never seen before. Um, but what I think is amazing is like what you said, not only to be able to do it, to be able to do it in the conference they're doing it in. And at the time where it's not just, hey, I'm a top recruit and I have to go here. You know what I mean? I can go to any school in the country, but now I'm choosing to go to a school where I may not play and I'm still a top player in this country. What That about, part is crazy to me. Now, I'm going to ask one step further because you mentioned Oklahoma who, had the, who has the – record for the longest win streak um miami which i think lost games in their runs but paired off you know a couple championships back to back and things like that what about one usc who granted now apparently we're all supposed to act like those games didn't happen didn't exist um but which also, since I love that you bring that up, because now that means that 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 game that you just referenced about Notre Dame wearing blue in the national championship game also did not exist. You can't so take that out of my memory bank. <laughs> uh, so, the jury is instructed so, to regard the distant the remarks. Yeah, so I'm clearly joking. So you have like, what's more impressive to you to be able to put up a crazy long winning streak, or? to do it in big games winning national championships. Like Alabama's lost games. Right. They not this year obviously, but they've lost games in every other year they've won the national championship. Yeah, well, even if you take a look at those USC teams who I say didn't exist, they won what? 20 They won 30 some in a row. Yeah, I they they had their they had an incredible winning streak and won national championships. Right. So right. I mean, you look at that Miami I you, team. I thought you didn't include them just because they were USC. So well, you, you know, <laughs> that's another issue for another day. Um, but yeah, you look at that Miami teams from back in the day. Their winning streak 
was 17 yeah 20 years i remember the, and i remember they had a a home win streak of something like 55 or some like crazy so, number so for yeah home. so so we've seen this type of dominance before um we will probably see it again once alabama's done I don't know what that school or who that school is going to be, but it isn't like we've never seen this I just before. think what makes it special is the longevity and the championships. Because yeah. you've seen, again, USC was unbeatable almost in a three- or four-year span. Yeah, I mean, when and they, Miami did it for that short. But now we're working on seven, eight, nine years now where I saw something that I believe this is 10 straight years. It's the first time ever that... Alabama was ranked number one in the polls for 10 straight years, at some point for 10 straight years, which is unheard of. And again, that was a record. No one else has ever done that. And to me, the longevity of what Alabama is doing is what makes it special. And it doesn't seem like it's going to end anytime soon either. Yeah, I mean, there's always that dominant team in whatever sport you're playing. I mean... You know, we've seen it for years. In baseball, it was the Yankees for over a decade. And in football, for a, a long time, and it looks like it's going to continue, it's the Patriots. I mean, they're just these dominant teams in no matter what sport you play. And right now, in college football, it's the Alabama Crimson Tide. So we all just sit back and hopefully they lose at some point, except if you're in Alabama and you probably don't want them to lose, but I don't care if they lose or not. Oh, I need them to lose. I, 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 uh, I hate that sweet home Alabama song. Like my God, is there a more annoying song than that? And then they throw in the little roll tide roll. Oh God. If you don't shut up, I can think of a couple more annoying songs, but for a sports team. Yes. Give me one that's more annoying than that one for a sports team. And don't say fly, Eagles, fly. That's Yeah, that's probably annoying, too. No, I was just going to say the Notre Dame fight song. but See, I'm done. <laughs> I'm... Um, being a Pitt fan, I hated uh, Country Roads, West Virginia song. I oh. love I love the song, and I love that they sing it. I hated that they sang it after they won. Yeah, that's not as annoying to me though as. But you don't. You hate Alabama. That's why you don't like the song. But no, well, oh, I was gonna say I <laughs> I hate this song that USC plays too. But yeah, I mean it's USC. Exactly. So I mean that's the reason that you. I don't hate fine. Hell to the Victors because it's a great song. I wouldn't say it's a great song, but I don't hate it. I actually, I actually, like I said, I like the West Virginia song. I hate the fact they sing it. I also find it funny, and I'm going to bring out this, I'm going to extend this a little longer and go a little bit off track. I think it's funny because everyone, you, you think of West Virginia as maybe not as intelligent as the rest. They don't score as highly, you know, the easy jokes about being from West Virginia and stuff. The song Country Roads is not about the state of West Virginia, yet the state of West yet West Virginia University sings it. If you listen to the lyrics, it is about the western part of the state of Virginia. And Doesn't he he's say talking about West Virginia? West Virginia. Like we live in West Pennsylvania. If you listen to it and look on the map of the places that he's talking about, the Shenandoah Valley is in Virginia. The Yeah, but the, no the, one says West Pennsylvania though. No, 
But apparently John Denver used to say West Virginia. Virginia. Meaning Virginia. Yes. So if you go That's and look hilarious. At, so I always kind of enjoyed that. Like, now I can like the song again because you're just idiots. So you never it. know what you're going to learn here on the Graduate Transfer Podcast. There you go. So battery chuckers, easily confused. Yes, exactly. There you go. Anyway. And what else are we going to learn this week? <laughs> Producer Dan? Uh, uh, a quick quick question, real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, short answer portion, which I've started to institute. Urban Meyer. Is it someone, something or other, Urban Meyer? Or is the person's first name Urban and the last name Meyer? Yes, that's his <laughs> first and last name. His name is Urban. Urban. <laughs> yeah, Urban is the first name. Meyer. Yes. Okay. His brother, his Meyer, much, comma Urban. His brother Oscar has a much more difficult name to get by. Yeah, is that for real? No. Is that really? <laughs> you could, you could have ran with that. I know, but really, I felt bad that going. I was going to lead you to believe a guy's name was Oscar Meyer. Well, somebody's had to be is also at some point. You get at some point, on the graduate yes, transfer it is. It had to, you know, I mean, anyway, yes, Urban first name. Because I've heard all manner of intonation when saying the name. Wow, and, and you and, and you say it in, in conjunction. I've heard you name just last names, and then Urban Meyer is one thing. And then I've heard you say full names of other... Uh, he's a coach? He's, he is, he he's, he's a head coach at, okay. uh, at Ohio State. He's one of those... I'm sure everyone has these people that whenever you're talking about them, you say first and last name. I, I am a victim of that. Everyone, Dan Crane. Because it's like monosyllabic. Right. You know? And I think yeah. he's the same way. Yeah. Where is, Meyer, we I just had a whole sense. conversation on on Harbaugh, and we just called him Harbaugh. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? To but soul. with Urban Meyer, Roger. it's, well, I just did it. Yeah. I just, it's always Urban yeah, Meyer. It's, it's not a, just Meyer. Hence my confusion. Urban. Okay. So, I think, <laughs> yes. So, I can understand how you could be confused. Appreciate that. that. Logged it away. Uh, next one. Um, uh. Uh, I saw on the the TV. Um, uh, uh, the quarterback for Notre Dame is going to be eligible for the draft, or mm-hmm. it, it, they made it put it. They put it in this pl- like light where it's like, well, he's going to be in the NFL now. Is that up to the player? Do you get to like, if you're good enough and say, I want to leave now, can you do that? Do you, Do you have an obligation to the university, or does the university have an obligation to you? Like, how, how does all that work? No, I mean, so the only rule that you have to, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, go by is you have to be three years removed from your graduating class of high school. Once that's up, you say, all right, I'm putting my name in the NFL draft. Peace out. What, what if you don't get picked? Like, can you be like, you're screwed? Just, I'm going back to school. I, I wanted my senior. You can year, go guys. back to school. Sorry. You can't play. You can't play. You yeah. can't play. Oh, that yeah. because you're foregoing your eligibility yes. by entering the NFL draft. Yeah, and, oh and normally what you do then is you're hiring an agent mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So that way you can start to make money. So if you don't get drafted, you can't go back because you're no longer considered now, an amateur athlete. Now, now here's the where here's where it gets funny, right? Okay. Football is the only sport in college that does that. You can play any other sport in the country in college and put your name in for the draft. And if you don't get drafted, as long as you don't hire an agent, you can go back to school and play. That's not true. That is true. 
basketball you can't do that. Yes, you can. No, you can't. You yes, can't. you can. No, you can't wait through the draft. You have to. You have a week before the draft they give you to pull your name out. Yes. Yes. Oh, well, then you'll edit this part out. <laughs> I'll let you, boy. <laughs> yeah, you can edit that. We don't need that in. Say it very definitively no, in the other way, Justin. I thought you could do that. Mm-mm. You have, they give you up, like, like where football you have to declare by, like, middle of January or whatever. So they don't give you any time to, like, where football, again, we're editing this out, so it doesn't matter. Football has the combine. Right. Everyone that's at the combine is already 100% in the draft. College basketball does it the opposite way. So you can go to the combines, you can work out, and then they can tell you, you know what, you're not getting drafted, you might as well go back to school. So then you can go back to school. Where football doesn't do that. So you could declare for the draft, have a shitty combine, and be like, oh shit, that guy's not getting drafted, but you're screwed. So Why, why is but that the, exactly? But basketball, basketball is like a week or like 10 days before the draft. You have, you have that as your deadline to, to pull yourself name out of it. But, why, but, the flip side, but the flip side of that too also is you can get drafted in baseball and go back and play. Yeah, you don't, there's no, that's, the, the difference is, is that, and I don't know at what point we want to start recording again or counting again. We've been recording. No, right, <laughs> but. No, we'll just, we'll just take it from when you said, from when we answered the question about Oh yeah, we used to that's the only sport. Um so before I even say that, before I get there, we'll just cut it and then we'll pick it up. Well, I guess so, this so, over. so I have a each up. each professional league has makes their own rule for it. Okay. Um football, the NFL makes that rule saying you have to be three years removed from your high school, um, graduating class, and you need to you can't declare until this point, but once you do declare, it's no going back and things like that. The basketball rule is slightly different. The basketball rule is you have to have one year removed from your high school class. And the basketball is a little bit different. You can declare and then pull your name back out if, you know, your testing doesn't go well or if you're, the feedback you're getting from the, the teams isn't positive. You can pull your name back. But ahead of the draft, you said before the draft, still yeah, you to, you can't go through the draft and then find out it's not going to work out for right you now. And... Ba- baseball and hockey are different because they don't have restrictions on when you can be declared, when you can declare for the draft. It's just once you turn eighteen. Okay. So both of those, you can get drafted. I mean, and you can get drafted without being without actually putting your name in the draft. I guess technically they could draft anybody. Um, and once you're drafted, you can sit there and evaluate where you got drafted and say, yeah, you know what? I can do better if I go back in, to school and, you know, perform better next year, I'll get drafted in a higher spot. So you can do that with hockey and um, with baseball. Baseball is slightly different. Baseball is after you're, after high school, you can come out without any college. And if you get drafted and you turn it down, you have to stay for a minimum of two years before mm. you're allowed to enter the draft again. So they all have their own little rules and regulations to it. Well, next up, since we have answered questions, Justin, are you ready for this week's picks? Gonna make some picks. Uh, yeah, let's do it. We have a full sheet right there. We're giving producer Dan his sheet. 
uh, to go off of. We're going to pick all of those games again. There's nine bowl games this week. We're picking all nine bowl games. And if you're interested, producer Dan and myself gained a game on Justin last week in the standings. He went with Navy. Comfortably I went with Army. Dan went with Army. Justin has 41 wins. I have 37 wins. And Dan has 36 wins. So still wide open with all the bowl games left. So we have plenty of room to catch Justin. Wide open, Justin. I got my eye on you. Dan, I love you, but don't say that again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. All right. Sorry. So Air Force Reserve Celebration Bowl. NC Central versus Grambling. Yes. It's even. I'm more vexed, but I have I have not heard the name of this Grambling. Grambling State, to be specific. But from Louisiana. Okay. I just am loving the fact how confused he is with these two teams. <laughs> I'm this like, someone grossly misspelled gambling, and that shouldn't be the name of a team. No, so okay, got? so it's they're, even. At, they're, they're in the Georgia Dome, which means nothing to me. Also something that happens on the picks, Dan will pick out facts about these games that don't really have anything yeah. to do with who you're no, picking. No, but, but we've gotten <laughs> feedback from our listeners that they love these also, little tidbits. Also, games at noon on ABC. Yes, we've we have. Well, so since the carrier is alphabetical, I'm gonna go with. Ooh, do I go with NC Central with a C, or do I? No, I'm gonna go with Grambling because G comes before N. We are both so confused. Right <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, I'm gonna go with. I guess I'm gonna take Grambling. That's right. Well, you already said their band's going to win. Yeah, I think their band's going to win. I think they're going to split. I, I'm going to go with NC Central football band, team like, winning really and then the Grambling band winning. Uh, Yes, their band is excellent. How do we judge the college band? There is, isn't there a band? Don't they I do? I mean, there are battles battle of the, the bands. Band. They don't yeah. have like a funk off so, or some shit. Okay, so or something. You... <laughs> so All these right. are is these are HBCU schools. I don't know what that means. Historical black universities or college and universities. Okay. So th- they have Uh-oh. a different. So they get down <laughs> like really hard. Is no, that what's they, happening? No, their bands are di- much different styles than the typical, than a typical marching band. So that's fair to say, right? <laughs> that's one way to put it. I mean, they're, they are, they're um, basically, it's you, not your normal flight of the bumblebees that you're listening to, okay? <laughs> Have you seen Drumline, the movie Drumline? No. Okay. No. We'll go do that and then watch this game no, Saturday. I'm not doing that. Okay. But appreciate it. Did you I did you, you gave pick? me a pick, yeah. We you, all we all you, picked. Everybody picked. Okay. Yep. The Gilden New Mexico New Mexico Bowl here. I'm sorry. Who UTSA, Utah. University of Tennessee, Tennessee, San Antonio. University of Texas, San Antonio. Yes, I was going to say, San, San Antonio, Antonio is not really in Tennessee. <laughs> that would be very difficult. But yes, University of Texas, San Antonio. But at the same time, wouldn't put it past anybody. Okay, um, so does this mean New Mexico is down by seven and a half? Yes, New Mexico is a seven and a half oh, point favorite. Do we care about the spread? Yes, on this? we care about the oh, spread. we care about the spread. 
these rules are still the same. Our pick'em poll, which we will give you more information about after we're done our picks, is not against this play. Okay, um, New Mexico is, you know, Albuquerque's nice. They have the, the, the big balloon festival there. Let's go with New Mexico. Uh, I'm going to go with New Mexico as well. Is that because Bob Davey? Yes. You just want him back. No. You want a big win? No, no. Big win for Bob Davey? Maybe no, gets his name Bob back Davey on back. the radar? Nope. nope, that's fine. Been down that road. Um, I'm going to go that... You know what? I'm going to go New Mexico, too. I was going to go with UTSA winning their first bowl game, but I'm going to say they're going to be just shock and awe of being in New Mexico. So for their first bowl game, so they're not going to know what, what's going on. All right, we got seven more of these, so we got to speed through them. Oh, sorry, I'm taking too much time. Okay, the Geico Las Vegas Bowl. I'm going to... Houston is minus three and a half versus San Diego State. I'm going to pick Houston. I'm going to go with San Diego State on this one. All right, I'm going with Houston in this one. All right, Ray, Raycom Media Camellia Bowl. Appalachian State is plus one and a half versus Toledo. They're Montgomery, Alabama. Isn't that where you would want to go, given the opportunity? You know, that's on my bucket list. What? Uh, let's say, let's just say Toledo. I haven't gotten to say that word yet in this podcast, I don't think. There you go. I'm going to go with uh, Toledo as well. I will make it a trifecta and go with Toledo also. Next up. All right. The Auto Nation Cure Bowl. Not sure what we're curing. UCF? University. Central Florida. Central Florida. Florida with a T. Versus Arkansas State. And they're in Orlando. Which is in Central Florida. Is it really? Yeah, it's where Central Florida is located. Good Lord. This seems incredibly skewed. I'm going to, you know what? I think Arkansas is going to hurt them and make everyone sad in Central Florida. I'm going to go Central Florida. I will also go with Central Florida. See, and this is where I pull ahead. You're all very sad. Possibly. Now. Or fall way behind. <laughs> Arnell Carriers, New Orleans Bowl, Southern Miss, Louisiana Lafayette. Southern Miss is a four and a half point. Favorite. Yes. I'm going to pick the hyphen. Louisiana Lafayette. What does that mean? Is that just like where the, the yeah, other... where the campus, campus is. is. Okay. Yep. I'm going to go with the Raging Cajuns on this one. I will go with Brett Favre and Southern <laughs> Miss. All right. Now we have the Miami Beach Bowl, which sounds really sexy. But then there's Michigan and Tulsa that's less sexy. Central Michigan. Central Michigan. I forgot. There's Directional 10. Michigan. Yes. He's getting Where are you on the mitten defines you as a... Okay. Um, I'm going to say Tulsa. I had a relative that lived in Tulsa for a bit. I'm, um, I'm going to scope with Tulsa also. Ooh. I'm going to take the Chippewas. Ah. Getting the points. Taking the points. Okay, now we got the Boca Raton Bowl, which sounds really fun. 
Memphis versus Western Kentucky. I'm going to say Western Kentucky on this one. Uh, I'm going to go with the Memphis Tigers. I am also going with Memphis in that What's Western game. Kentucky? What are they? The Hilltoppers. And they don't have a coach currently. They do so, have a coach. But they don't have their Oh, he's original not coaching. Coach. Yeah. Yeah, even if they are, I feel like those guys kind of mail it in. Kind of so. information we need. They're not actually a football team, Dan. <laughs> well, they have a but coach. They have a, a full a team. Amalgamation they have a full of team toddlers. and their coach. <laughs> but their coach that led them all year has accepted another position. Okay. All right, then. Well, I'm wrong on that one. Well, you could, I mean, they're favorites still, so you could certainly win that uh, game. Not really ish. But anyway, uh, San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. He said Poinsettia. He said Poinsettia. Is that not? I said Poinsettia because I hear Poinsettia. I don't know. I, it, I know the that plant. Pits, That's Pits, how the plant is spelled. Poinsettia. Poinsettia. Yeah, but I feel like I hear people say the plant's name is Poinsettia. Interesting. Which I don't know which is correct. Me neither. One of us is correct. Or maybe we both are. That would, no. We can't both be correct. We could both be wrong. Well, I, I, I think we could, either pronunciation could be acceptable well, it's both acceptable here. BYU's an eight and a half point favorite against Wyoming. And they're in San Diego. Nobody likes any of that. Um, let's go. Let's go Wyoming. Go Wyoming. Go Boise. Well, Boise is not playing, so Boise is not playing. BYU, BYU oh, or Wyoming? Said Boise. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good pick. I mean, I guess Boise is definitely not going to lose that I game. It's going to be the Boise. Pirates. <laughs> um. Well, then, yeah, I'm going to go BYU. Just the B. You you were just got thrown off. Well, no, I could have sworn you said Boise. That's why it totally threw me off. That's how much I care about the poinsettia bowl. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a good game. I'm taking the Cowboys. What does that mean? Wyoming. All right. So there you have it. These are our picks. If you would like to participate in our Bowl Mania Pick'em Challenge, go to ESPN.com, sign up through the Fantasy tab for their Bowl Mania, enter the group Grad Transfer Pod. You can pick against Justin, Producer Dan and myself. Again, do that. You know, we'll put a link to it on the Twitter page. So yeah, we'll, be we'll super easy to find. Yes, we'll link it on the Twitter page, and we'll all retweet it so it's on our Twitter pages as well. So, but go ahead and do that. Those ones are straight up. You heard Dan ask if the spreads matter. They matter for our picks, not for the pick 'em. So go ahead and. And do that so you can basically prove to us that you know more about college football than we do. But you don't. Wow. And on that note, <laughs> coming up next is the two minute drill. back to the graduate transfer podcast the last thing we do every week is the two minute drill if i'm introing it that means justin's running it are you ready i am ready go 
Now, I know everyone's very excited for this weekend as you're listening to this because a movie is coming out. And I know this has absolutely nothing to do with college football, but it's just been on my mind. And that movie is Star Wars Rogue One or Rogue One, a Star Wars movie, however they want to title it. Can there be a dumber movie ever made? Now, again, I'm a huge Star Wars fan, love Star Wars. I get it. But if we know how the story has to end and we know how the story started, why are you telling me a movie that tells the middle of the story? What could you possibly tell me? Clearly, the movie can't end with you destroying the Death Star because you don't do that yet. So, again, what is the point of this movie? Oh, this is how you just started a rebellion? But the rebellion's already started. I I don't get it. And everybody I've talked to to try to explain this movie to me is basically telling me what I already know. So why am I paying my $9 to see a movie when I already know what's going to happen before I even go see it? Now, some of you are sitting there going, well, you know what was going to happen before you paid to go see Titanic, but you still did it. Yeah, but they didn't bring out a movie that told me how they built the Titanic. That's literally what you're doing. You're making a movie telling me how you built the Titanic. When I know, in the next movie, it's going to sink. Can someone explain this to me? Why am I paying my money for this? It's literally like Star Wars is saying, we can put anything on the screen and you're going to pay to see it. That's all. You just hit it on your last sentence. Star Wars has the following. (laughs) They could put someone on the screen. They could put, who's the big furry guy? Chewbacca. They could put Chewbacca on the screen yes. taking a large dump and people will watch it and be like, that was amazing. Yes, give me the Star Wars Chewbacca origin movie at this point. I'd rather see that than you telling me this story. The Empire has built this huge weapon. Is it yes, now, we know! No, listen, I, I literally have not seen, I've seen the three main original movies and couldn't, I could watch a half an hour of it and not have any idea which one I'm watching. So, I mean, I've literally no interest in Star Wars. I even know the premise of this one. <laughs> Isn't it like they someone steals the plans for a ship, and, and that's how the whole argument got, or the whole fight started? Like, that's pretty much... Is that not it? Dan is shaking his Producer head. Producer Dan is hot right now. Hot. <laughs> we should let everyone know that there is a cardboard cutout of a Star Wars we're, we're character. We're staring at a stormtrooper right now. In he our studio right now. So, um, Let me just temper with what I'm about to say with... Uh, so this movie, I understand its place. However, it is considered... I think it's technically considered canon to the story. However, um, for the true Star Wars heads out there, you would know, in the books, there are a lot of stories that come out of the Clone Wars, which are the precursor to the Star Wars episode, what is it, 4, where we get introduced to, you know, Darth Vader and the Death Star and everything like that. There's this whole anthology leading up to that. 
and that gives a lot of like the lineage and things of why these things came about so they're playing on this but i don't know if they're necessarily true to a lot of it um so it's like if you're a lord of the rings head you know like the cimmerillion anybody hear this one it's basically like um how many people have turned this off by now yeah right (laughs) but you know what dan just hit you with and i know we're wrapping up the show here so i i I respect dan's opinion (laughs) on most things but you know what dan just hit you with dan just hit you with the classic read the comic book bro and you know no, it's not a. Com- it's <laughs> well, not a no, comic. I know, right, but I know. it's, it's well, the people what... that criticize the Batman movies. Right, and the like if I don't, Superman. I movies think Batman and... versus Superman is a stupid movie too. But you know what, comic books people will tell you read the comics, bro. Well, you don't understand. Are, those are comics. I'm talking about no, 350 you, page soft cover books you, that like continue yeah, the you, story. Yeah, but you're still doing the same. You're doing thing. the same. You're telling me to read the book. No, I'm like, not telling you to read the book. I'm telling you're saying that it's in the book. Well, I'm telling yes, I'm telling you that, that they that's, understand that's all, that's that there's all. a bunch of we, people that read these books. They want to see these stories, these storylines. Yeah, they? nah. Clearly, <laughs> you're you're telling me that Hollywood doesn't do a cost benefit analysis of like, yo, it costs us of this course, much. That's to that's what we said. That's what we said. That's what we said. And that's all I'm they telling you. They could put anything out there really? and just say, and hey, be like Star Wars, whatever, and people are gonna. And, and what I'm will, saying, and what I'm telling you, and what I'm telling you is, it is not anything yeah but they could it is it sure they could but i'm saying it's not it's not anything well, you don't know that yet it's following it might be garbage stories that lead up to right but it might be complete understand. garbage anyway and, and they know they will make money off of that yes we know that it's not anyway, anything <laughs> like i said I, very I, interesting there i not just really. had that rant I had it, and not oh at all, not at all to do with college sports. We, we, I'm whatsoever. sure we have a crossover audience, but you know, Star Wars is a big enough name, and and I may get hate tweets for it, but you know, I get hate tweets I'll, about Notre Dame too, more so it's of okay. Correcting me, I, I'm sure. Actually, Jad, that is not the case. Ugh, if you read the books, if you want to correct really Dan <laughs> on Twitter, it is at. Underscore producer Dan, and if you would like to hate tweet Justin, <laughs> it is at MR underscore Actually, JT412. Chewbacca comes from the land of such and such. I don't I, I didn't know who Chewbacca was until you told me. I called him the big furry guy, so anyway, we appreciate you listening through all of these rants about just pure nonsense. <laughs> and as always, if you want to interact with the show. We're on Twitter at Grad Transfer Pod. Uh, we're in the email at gradtransferpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can interact with us there. Go sign up for the bowl pick'em. Interact with us that way. Dan, Kevin, thanks as always. And uh, we'll see you next week for the special holiday edition of the Graduate Transfer Podcast.